book authors are imaginative architects inviting readers to embark on journeys of the mind and heart dedicating this segment to venture on such journeys in our journey podcast with your host smita gunturi hello everybody i have author jay halim washington with me today and he wrote a book called i won't star welcome mr washington to the show and thank i thank you i wanted to ask our start this call uh, with with a question to you like why did you write this book oh man um <laughs> i didn't never want i never wanted to write the book i started speaking um about 2016 and um i really was in a space where i told everybody you know um i didn't want anybody to tell me that, um that i was good enough to speak i i created my own avenue to speak but becoming a speaker and people started picking up i started picking up steam and it was like where's your books where's your book you don't have a book I'm like what book? I don't need no book. <laughs> and they kept telling me for years. So in 2019 I finally um got a book and I won't starve. It's just my mantra. I created that mantra back in 2014. I was working an $8 an hour job and when I left the job, you know, I I I set out to prove everybody wrong. Like I wouldn't starve. Me being I was a convicted felon at the time. Um I hadn't been in trouble since I was in college, you know, but in this country that's how they operate they still make the you know um make you suffer for that type of stuff and um what I said I'm going to survive and I'm going to not just survive I'm going to thrive and um by doing that I'm I can tell everybody I won't starve and so if it if it the profile you know um and I and I still live it to this day you know at that time like I said from $8 to six figures I left the $8 an hour job and then just a few years later I was a six figure earner what was the process like how hard was it of course it is definitely a hard work how hard it is and what are the avenues that you got or the opportunities that you created for yourself to build this empire oh man so for me like i said leaving an 8 dollar an hour job it was definitely hard again at that time i was still a felon i'm now pardoned um back in 2021 but at that time still a felon couldn't get a job like that then up then that was going to be paying me anything significant i was a photographer and but i always been in business and i always understood business so i just went a different approach i didn't focus on the artist side I focus on solving problems and so I wanted to target um law firms and corporate entities and which I was able to do that and then I went and started working with the government and so being able to shoot for the government shoot for the airports shoot for the federal local and state government um some of the biggest law firms I lived in the southeast at that time I worked with then I ended up working with the um the NBA the WNBA the NFL um a whole bunch of situations like that. So that's what took me to another level um as a photographer. But then, you know, I started investing. Once I 2017 was my year um of getting six figures, but I reinvested most of my money back into my business and then we created went from me just being a solopreneur to me being able to bring in staff and run what we call Jalen Media and turn it into a whole media group. So then it took it to another level for me. How many years did it take for you to do what you are doing today. Oh man, uh again from that point it was so from 20 2014 to 2017 is where I got my first six figure scenario but then you know where I am now again photography went away in 2020 with the um pandemic because most of the people that we talked about working with they weren't taking no photos <laughs> during the pandemic those people probably just starting to get photos now. Um so because I became an author in 2019 I started going around the country speaking and training and so as soon as the pandemic happened I put out my second book which is right behind me you won't starve 
key principles of entrepreneurial development. And that book took off. You know, we did about 6,000 copies and we just started running. I started coaching and training again all over the country. And I moved from the East Coast to the West Coast. And so, and now that's what I do full time. What do you coach? Business. I'm pretty sure like once you are out of your, uh, you said you are a convicted felon. Once you are out from there, it is not easy to restart the life from zero. Yeah. Well, it's even worse. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's even worse because I didn't go away to prison. And so that's the difference, right? So I was fortunate enough to have some money to fight my case. So, and I was in school too. Like I said, I I was in college. I was a college student. But I was, I was good at what I did illegally. So I made a good amount of money and I was able to fight my case. So and be being not out again, I lived a double life. So I was a good student, graduated on the Dean's list and that helped. So saying, hey, I got these great grades. He's about to graduate right before my senior year of college. He's about to graduate. They let me stay home and I had probation. But some people went to jail and came, went to prison and came home and got more opportunities than I did. I was treated worse because I was right here on the ground with a degree and still couldn't get jobs. So it was a whole lot harder for somebody like myself than it was for if I would have went away to prison and came home and went through the prison programs that they can put you in and getting jobs and getting skills and stuff like that. No, it was just like, then I'm looking at, looked at as a pariah, you know, people I'm around the college graduates and stuff like that, but they don't want to deal with me because I got a felony. And, um, other individuals so it was a whole lot harder for me i believe you know i know that going to prison i mean i've been to jail but going away to prison no i didn't do that but those people came out and was able to get back to it immediately especially if they had some work ethic i had all the work ethic and i knew people but they would run away from me they didn't want to touch me with a 10-foot pole that's what i was trying to understand like i mean once you are into the system with something whether you did it or not doesn't matter to anybody but to accept you as a person is going to be really hard for everybody around yeah it was definitely it definitely was and i actually abbreviated my name my government name is jamar washington and i literally when i moved back to south carolina um i it was a guy who was there had my same name he had he was a sex offender so i i didn't like that and then um that was the name that everybody knew that was a felon. So when I abbreviated to Jay Haleem, I just kept my head down and went to work. You know, um, I've been, I've done work for the U.S. military, again, U.S. government. None of these people asked me about my background. None of these people worried about my background. Awesome. Um, and again, I didn't apply for a job. I was a contractor. So I was able to be extremely successful. But I, again, I put my head down. I didn't pick my head back up and start talking about my background and stuff like that until 2021 when I was part of any of my crimes. Wow. wow. Was it hard for you to like just keeping closed every single time whenever you are going out uh, with such kind of assignments around? When I went out to these big jobs and these companies, yes, it was extremely difficult, but I, I just let the company lead for me. Like I, I had, I understood business very, very well. I have a business degree. I've been in business. Um, so I understood how to set up my company properly and I had a team in place. So I showed up more like the employee. I showed up more like the contractor who's going to do the work and I kept my head down, <laughs> you know, I made sure I did my work flawlessly to the best of my ability. So nobody don't look at me sideways. And I did that for years. You know, I did that for, for a long time. When you're talking about the team on the same lines, what, what is your support system like? Who supports you the most? 
oh man, at first it started with just me and my wife, but then we just started growing from there. And she's an amazing, you know, um, individual, but also she's talented. You know, she, my wife knows she's an accountant by trade. She has a degree in that and also a master's degree. Um, so she knows she always got my money in order <laughs> as far as that, but she also is a, a business manager herself. And that's what she do, did for multiple major companies. She worked with like Marriott. She worked with, you know, a whole bunch of bigger companies. She worked in Capitol Hill. So she understood how to navigate it. But then as we kept, as we grew, we brought on, I had my assistant and I had other technicians and things of that nature. We had my assistant and we had VAs, we have a whole bunch of things. So it just kept growing. But I had people to insulate me so that nobody can bother me, you know, as a, when I was a felon. Now, I, hey, look, I go right in front of anybody at this point. But at that time, I needed to be insulated. I didn't need to be bothered. And I knew I was good with the camera. Then, you know, as it got big, bigger and better, it wasn't just me. Before us with cameras going in, doing work. And they didn't have no time to focus on me. You know, they can talk to her. She's squeaky clean. My assistant, she's squeaky clean. Hey, y'all deal with them. <laughs> And yep. I'll come in and work. When you are starting your business or uh, you wanted to leave your job, the secure, the life, and wanted to move on with something else that you are visioning, people will always be, uh, we say like the no-sayers, besides saying it is not going to work, you, you don't have to go there, you are leaving something that you are already having. So do you have anybody like that? And how do you uh, stop those noises in your mind and then move forward? Oh, I had plenty of them at that time. Yeah, I had a lot of them. And that's where I Won't Starve came in at. You know, it was a hashtag first. Um, when I left the job, I created the hashtag I Won't Starve. And then every time I did something amazing, I would just post it and put hashtag I Won't Starve. I would just do it. And I got shirts made, hashtag I Won't Starve. And I just, it was just all my whole thing was that. And then, I mean, but yeah, I had plenty of naysayers. You know, my in-laws didn't want that to be the case. You know, my, some people in my family, other people, you know, everybody just, hey, just work the job. People didn't believe in what I was doing. And a lot of people didn't understand. We come from a generation prior to social media. You know, now everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. But when I grew up, entrepreneurs were the crazy people. You know, those are people willing to take a risk. And, um, you know, I understand it now. I was bitter at some point, at one point. But that was my way of, instead of putting the middle finger up to them, you know, just saying, hey, hashtag I won't starve. I, I'm gonna show you. And I did. I showed every last one of them. And I never I haven't been back to work since. And um, you know, I've created more jobs for people. So it's it's been a great situation. People will also give you advices or like suggest you to do things on on their understanding. Mm -hmm. So what is the best advice that you have received from anybody and the worst advice that you have received? Oh man, I, I we don't got enough time for the worst advice, but the best advice. <laughs> I remember um, years ago, I, um, someone told me that I wasn't built to work for nobody. Um, and that was that was about 2007. I didn't listen. It took me some years to listen. Um, and I, I'm not against a job because I, I, you know, I just wasn't able to get one. And um, spiritually, he was talking from a spiritual advisor standpoint, like maybe that wasn't set for you, you know, because I've always been good at work. I've never been fired from a job. Um, I've always was great when I did leave a job. I just always saw bigger for me. And um, so that was some of the greatest advice I had um, that I still I can remember off the top of my head. I'm sure it's somebody I'm, I'm missing. But that was the greatest advice. Like, hey, you know, because I was trying my hardest to get a job. And it was like, look, you ever thought that you wasn't set, 
you know, you wasn't set up for that. Like maybe that was for somebody else, but it's not for you. And it took me long. It took me a long time, about seven years, to put sit in. But yeah, that, I still think about that all the time to this day. What is the advice that you give to the new entrepreneurs that are trying? Just now, you mentioned like there are a lot of people that wanted to be entrepreneurs these days. So, what is the advice that you wanted to give them? Oh man, so it's it's too. It all depends, and that's I, all that stuff is in my book. You won't starve. Key principles of entrepreneur development is a training manual. But first things first, I tell I, I want you to have a job. And, and for different reasons, not because of any money, because when you're a business owner, if you say you want to start a restaurant, right? If you go to another restaurant owner, he's not going to give you the, the information. But if you work for that restaurant owner, he'll tell you the whole business. And so I'm saying, figure out what you want to do first and go and work for that person or work for somebody who's doing it or volunteer. If you're an older person, volunteer and learn and hustle while you work, you know, like when you when you're learning or volunteering for these people, everything you learn, start putting into action for yourself. Start learning, hustling while you work. Then start start where you are. Don't worry about you needing fifty million dollars. You don't need all of that. Start right where you are because you can't handle it. If you never had fifty thousand dollars, you're not going to use it for your business. When you get fifty thousand dollars, you're gonna write all the wrongs in your life. You know what I mean? If you don't have a car, you're gonna get a car. If your car is messed up, you're gonna fix it. If your mama having trouble, you behind in your rent, you're going to do it. You're going to fix all the problems in your life before you do it with business. So don't worry about that. Just start where you are in your comfort zone. I tell them about doing that. Then you got to research your market. Market market research is something that everybody, everybody think about marketing. But market research will save you time. You go find the people who need and who are actively looking for what you're trying to give and sell to people. Go and find them. Then learn how to actually network. Don't go to networking functions. That way you got to just get some drinks and wings and then you got a bunch of business cards you don't call nobody. Go to a place where everybody's your potential customer or client. Do not go in places where you're around a bunch of competition. That's not where you need to be. And then lastly, I would tell people to learn how to use strategic partnerships. We can't get what we need to get to on our own. Find people you can partner with and grow. It don't have to be a partnership for marriage, but maybe your business model or your service that you provide is a direct partnership or reciprocal to someone else's business. Work with them so you guys can grow faster. So have you done that kind of um, learning curve from anybody? Have you learned that? No, uh, no, that was all. I put that in there because that's what I had to do to survive. You know, when I, again, I, when I went on a job, I started a cleaning business right out of college because I couldn't get a job. I went to a few jobs, got hired, let me go because of my background. I started a cleaning business. My wife's pastor had a, a, bill, a big million-dollar cleaning business in Maryland. So I left South Carolina, went to Maryland, started working for him. I learned the commercial game for a year. I um, ran his contract. We took it from a million dollars to $1.2 million dollars. Um, and he went from one year contract to three million, I mean, three year contract. He was able to sell the company. I went off into my own six figure contract as a commercial um, cleaning in a commercial cleaning space. So I learned how to hustle while I work. I learned all of that there. You know, um, market research. I learned that hey, I know I didn't want to do houses. I started doing houses. I didn't want to do that. I knew what I wanted to do. I went very niche specific. So I started working retail. I did retail commercial cleaning. I had over 100 and tell the women's stores in the East Coast. I had more than 50 um, 7-Elevens. I had J. Jill, T-Mobile, and Aveda, clean, uh, Aveda stores. So I was able to get very niche specific people who needed me. 
So I understood how to navigate that market research space. You know, again, I didn't have any bank loans, still don't have bank loans in my business. So I started where I was. And so then um, learning about the networking space, I understood when I became a photographer, how to, like, well, that's how I got into the government. It was no photographers in there trying to get government business. So not only was I working with getting the government, every other contractor needed my services as well. So they needed commercial shot from us for film. They needed headshots. They needed everything. So I didn't network in places where people, where my competition was. I networked where people can need, everybody needed me. Everybody needed my service. And then strategic partnership helped happen when I moved into the coaching space. Those same government contracting places, they needed my services because I knew how to put people in the room. So when they were having DEI infant, um, um, issues as far as um, diversity, equity, and inclusion or supply diversity issues, I was the one to partner with them to be able to solve those problems. And to, the, to that tune, to that today, we was able to get over 600 businesses certified to be able to do business with the government. So Amazing. in my business journey, I learned these, these principles. And I and that and that's why I put them in my book for other people to understand. It works. We don't have to go through all of this. We don't have to waste a bunch of time trying to sell my fried chicken to people who are not gonna buy it. Who needs it? Let me go and put my stuff in front of them. You know, I'm not going to a food festival where everybody's selling fried chicken. I'm gonna go to a place where I'm the only one with fried chicken and everybody likes fried chicken, and now all these people can buy it from me. It's very simple. Like, we're not going to keep doing all of this and wasting money, wasting time, because a lot of time we don't have it. New entrepreneurs don't have a lot of money. So we got to use our smarts before we go out into the streets so we don't we can save money and actually grow. While you are doing your work, like from where you started, what is the best lesson that you have learned? Oh, man, you know, there's a few. But again, just you utilizing other people. If you want to grow, you got to you got to understand how to utilize other people because you can't do it all by yourself. You can become a six figure earner on your own. You know, you can get to one hundred thousand, one hundred fifty thousand. But when you want to get to high six figures, million dollars, you got to bring people around. And it's people that's better than you. They don't have to be better than you in totality, but they got there's people that's better than you in certain things. Certain people are masters at something and you might be good at something, but somebody's a master at that and put that person in place to do that. You know, I don't do certifications for people. I have people who do that, but my company, my consulting firm, well, we would get you certified to do business with the government. I've never wrote, written a certification in my life because I don't, that's not what I do, but my staff does. And so these, these types of things is what makes you grow. So doing that and then the advent, um, the int introduction of business credit, I didn't understand that because I did everything bootstrap. And so growing the business, once you start learning how to not, leverage all your money and your resources. I thought it was a cool badge of honor to do it because everybody was against me. And so I'm like, I did this on my own. I didn't have to, I didn't need you. I didn't need a bank loan. Oh Lord, man. When I figured out that I can put that on the business and let the business handle that. I tell all my clients to do that now because I don't want them to go through the hardships, you know, that I did. I got a small house when I bought my first house because I was always afraid being a full-time entrepreneur. I'm like, look, I want to make sure I can afford something, whether it's bad or not, because every dollar came from me and what I mean. But once I started understanding how to navigate and use, you know, um, you know, business credit and stuff like that, it just made business a lot easier. Have you ever had any issues with your confidence? I'm not confident enough to do this or anything like that. Yeah, I did, you know, because uh, everybody around me 
was against me. Like, um, I don't think it was against me personally, but the idea of me being an entrepreneur, you know, um, it, it takes, it took a lot. Now everybody's doing it. Again, 20 years ago, I was, I was looking like, like a fool. Like you got a three point something GPA, you graduate college, you going, you're not going to get a job. I'm a felon, but I just keep trying. They'll give you a job. Like, no, I'm getting tired of getting the door slammed in my face with jobs. I'm overqualified. Like, I'm going to try this. And everybody's like, no, you're not going to be able to take care of a family. You're not going to be able to do this. And so, yeah, you start believing it because that's all you're hearing. You start believe, you start believing it. And then, you you know, you make moves and you do amazing things and it doesn't move people. You know, people who cheer for me now, I've done amazing things in front of them before and they don't cheer. They wouldn't cheer. It wouldn't be a, oh, yeah, you, you did a good job. They'd be like, whatever. I'm like, I did. This is amazing. Like, this is great. And I mean, you know, I, I've invested in companies. I've been in the entertainment industry. I've been with celebrities. And they'll be looking at me like, so what? And I'm like, now I could do something small. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you're the greatest. You know, so yeah, I, I definitely felt that way. I, I was questioning myself a, a thousand and one times. What would you suggest for somebody that doesn't have confidence, are struggling with confidence issues? Oh, man, you know, you stick to your comfort zone. You know, do what you are comfortable with. It's it's a it's something for you business wise and just in life period in your comfort zone. You know, your comfort zone. When people tell you get out of your comfort zone, that's for a period of time until you find the next one. You know, you don't supposed to be living on the edge all the time. So let's get all that nonsense out of there. Like, if your comfort zone is not working, you have to step out of your comfort zone to go find the one that is working. You know what I'm saying? So. They don't never say that. They always cut the clip and say, get out of your comfort zone. That's for a period of time. Like if, if it's burning up in this comfort zone, you got to get out of it and then find the next one. So if you're an introvert, I don't want you to go out here trying to be an extrovert and be somebody else. And then you lose business that way. You go to that same function with the extroverts are. I tell people like you're setting up a table, right? If you're an introvert, you make the most elaborate table in the world so people can come to you. So now you're comfortable because they're coming to you. And when they come to you, now you go ahead and do your thing because now you're in your space. But if you're an extrovert, you don't need nothing on your table. You can just go out there and you're going to meet everybody. But don't be something that you're not because you got to be in your space of comfort. That's where you where your power lies. And I want people to be in that space so they can be great. That's a very interesting take. I never heard that before. Thank okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any regrets yeah, I have regrets about not believing in myself in those times I didn't. That's one of my biggest regrets because it slowed me down. I mean, I've, I've been on the right page, but just, you know, um, I've been in the right book on the wrong page for a while. You know, like as a kid, I started out with the hustling thing. And so I knew I was supposed to be an entrepreneur. I, I knew that other people said it, but I allow other people to talk me out of my destiny or talk me out of or slowed me down in my destiny. And so I, I regretted that for years, but I'm happy that I'm on track now and I'm back to where I'm supposed to be. But um, just not being myself, not um, living my authentic life for, for some years, um, trying to fit in with other individuals, thinking that they knew better than I did for me. Um, that's the biggest regret that I've, I've had, but I'm, that's also, the, I'm grateful. That's the biggest thing I'm grateful for, to be able to um, get back to being who I am and being in my, in my space of comfort. In those same lines, do you think that you found uh, your purpose of life and what is it? Oh, yeah, my, I definitely have. And that's to help help people and, and, and to make it even more specific, to help individuals 
that is want to take the same path that I've taken, not go through the same things that I went through. You know, that's what gives me the most power and most joy because when I bring my book out, this You Won't Starve, and my latest one, Business Corner, like everything I do, all my books, my morning motivation, it's about helping individuals in that circumstance that, you know, things that I went through, all these books and stuff I went through, and I'm helping them to not go through the same pitfalls. I had parent parental issues. I'm an amazing parent. You know, I didn't have entrepreneurs in my life. I am, an, I think I'm an amazing entrepreneur. You know, I love everything about it. Everything that I didn't have, I'll give it to the world. I give it to my kids. I give it to the people who come underneath my care and my keeping. And that's been my purpose. And that's why I've thrived. Like I've thrived at helping other people to grow and to make sure that they don't fall in those. I fell in every pit, pothole, pitfall, everything. I, I didn't miss one. And so, hey, I'm giving them, hey, look, don't go that route, come this route. And I'm going back to the kids when I go speak to children or when I'm talking to adults, I'm making sure you don't go, anything I went through wrong, I don't want you to touch it. I want you to go, you want to have your own pitfalls, but you won't go through one of mine, not if I'm around you. While you are going through all these things, I'm sure uh, people around you might have misspoke about you or like, yeah, tried to drag you down. And it may or may not be intentional sometimes. And you may also have that uh, split moment where you also felt that anger uh, within you. How do you practice your for forgiveness? What is forgiveness for you? You know, um, that's a great question because I dealt with that for a long time. I don't forgive people in that space. Like I, I, like, I forgive you by not trying to do anything bad to you or not giving you that same energy. If it's a part from a relationship perspective, then you, if you felt like you did something wrong to me, you should apologize. And if you don't, then, you know, you can stay over there, but that's okay. But I don't have to be bothered with you because I, if I did something wrong to somebody, I'm going to apologize. I'm going to acknowledge that. I don't have to put it on the news. I don't have to put it on social media, but I definitely would come to that person and say, Hey, you know, I, I was wrong, you know, but a lot of people have pride. But I don't have time for that. You know, I just keep moving on. But I don't harbor any hard feelings towards anybody. But if people were wrong for your life, then I try to stay away from them the best I can. And, you know, a lot of times that's family, too. Family is is, is friends. You know, again, it's like when you somebody um, break your heart, it's like breaking a limb. You know, you break your leg. It don't just get better. It's stuff that has to be done. First thing you do is you put it back together. So that's that apology. That apology is putting it back together, right? But then you still need time for it to heal. And then you need work to be done for it to be anywhere like it was before. And so people want you to just heal. And it don't really work that way. So I live in reality. And I'm not going to live into, even though I'm a spiritual guy, I still can take the reality out of spirituality and say, hey, listen, she or he was dead wrong to me. They didn't do right. They didn't apologize. They can stay over there. Now, I'm not going to do nothing wrong to them. I'm not going to badmouth them. I'm not going to do any of that. That's my forgiveness. That's how my forgiveness works. But if you come and, and you talk to me, yeah, I'm open to that. I'm totally open to forgiveness. But the majority of people are going to try to stay away from that. And that's fine. If you want to stay over there, then, you know, God bless while you're talking about your spirituality, how do you practice your gratitude? Oh, man, I am overly gracious. I am overly gracious. Like, And some people say that. I never forget a thing somebody did good for me. I had so much bad happen to me. If you've done something good for me 40 years ago, I probably remember it. <laughs> like, 
and I will acknowledge it if I can. You know, I am overly grateful to people who showed love to me, who didn't say a bad word, who didn't um, discourage me. I'm overly grateful to people who acknowledge that they did do something wrong and came back um, because I need that. I need that positive energy and I want to give it out. Whatever I want in my life, I want to give it out. You know, so that's why I tell people to volunteer um, if, for somebody else's business. You want to be successful, volunteer. That's the that's the gateway. That's the key that opens up so many doors, you know, and people don't learn that. Like I've started volunteering and my life went somewhere else, you know, so anything I wanted to learn about, I wanted to know about, I, I don't go and ask for anything. How can I serve? How can I help? So I want to put out what I'm looking to get. And so that gratitude is one thing. I want gratitude. So I'm going to give it in abundance. What made you, your heart fulfilled? Oh man, my children is everything to me. When people ask me what I want to do, like I said, I want to be a grandchild, a grandfather. <laughs> you know, that's like the dopest thing to me because I mean, me and my parents were estranged. I mean, we okay now, we're getting to that point. They're like my big kids, <laughs> but you know, parenting, I wish I had that when I was a kid. So I am the, like the dopest dad you want to, I, my goal is to be the coolest dad ever. And I want to be even cooler granddad. So like, I'm looking forward to that. That's my prayer is to be able to be in like a real amazing granddad and my kids not have to struggle to take care of their kids because of things that I've done. And cause I know, I don't know what they know what's going on with AI and everything else that's going on in life. And so I want them to have full strength to be able to deal with that. And while these kids are young, I'll, I'll handle that because I created a life for myself the way I got time to be a father and be a grandfather. So that's what I'm looking forward to. The millions and all that other stuff is, is a cool thing too. Um, but I'll let them worry about that and talk about that, have interviews about that type of stuff. I want to be, uh, you know, a pop pop. <laughs> How do you define success? Success. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Oh, success is being able to achieve what you set out to the goal, achieving your goals. You know, so when you say you want to do something by a certain time, um, if you did it, then you you're a success. You know, um, a lot of people get caught up into other people's success and say, oh, and, and we start forgetting what we did. Like, hey, I said I was going to be able to do this, but because somebody else seemed like they're doing better, you don't even acknowledge that. Like, no, if you said that that's what you were going to do, then you're a success. I said I was leaving a job. I'm a success. I said I was going to have a six-figure business. That's a success. My businesses have done millions of dollars at this point. I'm a success. And and the funny thing is I know I'm a success because I've done stuff that I didn't even put on a list <laughs> that I was able to do. So I'm like, hey, I'm I'm blessed. Now it comes from being successful to being blessed. So yeah, success is just you doing set doing the things that you set out to do for yourself. What is love to you? Love? Oh my God. Um, love, of course, is the greatest action word that you ever that was ever created. You know, a lot of people like to use that word the wrong way, but if it's not in action, then it's not love. So it's a, it's a, it's a very um, amazing act that you can bestow upon. It's probably the greatest act you can bestow upon somebody if you're really in love, because as they say, you know, love can endure anything. And so when you love somebody, they, they, that's why people take advantage of people who love them, because you can get away with anything with somebody who loves you. Somebody who don't love you, you know, um, they probably try to take your head off. But if it's in a good space, man, love is one of the greatest things that's been created. But it's definitely an action word. And um, for me, it's everything because I like to lead with that, you know, especially when I get to that space. But you don't have to know somebody forever. It's just love is kindness. 
you know, being kind to somebody, being thoughtful, being selfless, you know, love is in all of that, you know, and those things right there, I don't have to know you to be kind to you, be selfless towards you, you know, to be thoughtful towards you. I don't have to be that. That's that's showing love. And when we say it in it's slang, showing love. Those are the ways you show love. And all of those are actionable. Um, the platform you leap from is more important than the platform you land on. And that's a quote that I created. And it was around I won't starve. And what that means is that there's a lot of people are focusing on what they don't have and focusing on where they're trying to get to. But you we all have something. And I call it in your, your toolbox. And you, you have a toolbox in your basement that you're not thinking about. But you have some amazing tools that you can use right then and there to get you where you need to get to. So when you start building that platform, the most amazing platform you build is going to dictate where you land. And if you build an amazing platform, it doesn't matter where you land. You're going to be able to perform at a high level. So when I moved, I'm, I live in Las Vegas now. I've been here almost two years. I didn't have no worries whether or not I was going to be able to perform at a high level in Vegas because I knew what the platform, I knew what I came from. I knew what I came with. I knew what I had in my tool belt. I knew what I was able to produce and perform. And that was it. And if people focus on getting stronger and building an amazing platform, a foundation, wherever life takes you, wherever you go, you won't have to worry about, oh man, what, what am I going to do when I go to this place? What am I going to do if I'm in this circumstance? You'll be able to perform because you, you have an amazing platform. Thank you for tuning in. And you can find me on all the socials at Smitha Gunturi and the show notes for any resources mentioned. See you next week. Take care.